when you're this close to episode 200, folks, you got to bring back the guests that helped you get there. And for this one, you see him, you see the picture, you will recognize the voice. Shout out to Randy, because I know he's a favorite of yours from Rogers Sports. Mm -hmm. We have Andy McNamara. I was worried about doing this in the moment, but I'm going to say it right now. Because we're both AW marks, but instead of saying welcome back, I'm going to say oh. scissor me, Andy. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> I'm with you. Griff, you got to give the people what they want, to use another AEW term. Yes. Give the people what they want, and they want Griff, and they want McNamara, and they want it on the show, brother, as we get close to 200. Scissor. I, I love it. What a, what a time for a quick wrestling note with All Elite Wrestling that Billy Gunn in the year 2022 has another controversial shirt that I'm sure is getting kids uh, suspended from school. Phenomenal. Oh, oh I am 100% sure of it as well. It. And folks, before we get in today, I have to do a quick shout out because if you live in Ohio on January 1st, sports gambling becomes legal. Register at the link in the bio to help Andy out for Betfred. Because why? Where else would you want to do your sports betting than Betfred? Absolutely. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, all, all your great listeners and, and everybody love being on with you guys. And yeah, very simple to do. And here's the cool thing. Betfred Sportsbook, guys, this isn't like the ones you hear. It's like, oh, put this and you get a $10 bonus. And it's like, okay, okay. No. Betfred Sportsbook, they give, like, you qualify for weekly cool prizes. One of the, the prize this week is, if you register, tickets to the Browns-Bengals game in Cincinnati, for example. So that's just one thing. They got merch to give away. They have the bonuses, the pre-registered exclusive bonuses when you sign up. So you just go betfredsports.com slash Ohio slash Andy McNamara. Get those in there. And uh, yeah, man, let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. I said to give Betfred a quick shout out. Thanks, brother. Um, starting, first of all, with this year, obviously fantasy football is coming year and end. Is there any players out there that have impressed you? But I don't want you to give, like, you know, those like, usual suspects. It's more or less the players that you didn't expect to have good years or that weren't on your radar at all that impressed you. I would say if we're looking at it, somebody like... And I guess it depends if where you valued him based on um, the team. But Damian Pierce, I know they, he had a lot of run going up for some, and, and he was really a mystery, though, because it was like, all right, the Texans are awful. Where, where, do, we, where do we look at it? He stands out. Kenneth Walker also stands out because that whole Seattle situation was weird. Right. It was yeah. like, OK, Drew Locke and Geno Smith, then it's just going to be a disaster. And nothing's going to happen. Well, you know, Kenneth Walker, now he's banged up a bit now. But boy, when that dude finally got his time in week five and beyond, he did not look back. Like, we're going to be really thinking about Kenneth Walker as a first-round fantasy pick next year. Um, for real. So that's that's someone who really stands out to me as far as uh, a value guy that, um, you know, probably didn't have a whole lot of fantasy hype coming into the year. And he's just been... Nothing but exceptional. Yeah, and then one from my end that I want to give, and it's a bit, it's a bit homerish, but at the same time, too, he has earned it, is Ramondre Stevenson as well. He mm -hmm. was going in most like in the sixth or seventh round. Next year, he's probably – I'm not saying he's going to be a first-rounder, but he'll definitely be like in that second, third-round category, maybe even first in some. But if I have to go for impressed as well, I'm going to go Josh Jacobs just because of how he's yeah. been playing lately. And no matter where he is next year, he's easily going to be probably in a lot of people's fantasies top five. Like – like if I had the draft for next year already, I'd put I put your boy Nick Chubb in the number one spot. Ooh boy, yeah, he would. He'd be right there. He'd be right there, right. And that's 
it's so interesting when you have the fantasy um, sort of turnover when it comes to those, because you get a couple years in a row of, of usually the same guy. It wasn't that long ago. We were talking about Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon, right? Yeah. Like not that long. Then uh, it was Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And then Jonathan Taylor. And it's like, okay, I, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be in a tremendous bounce back spot next year. Yes. Um, I think that's going to be on the table. Yeah. Nick Chubb. Yeah. If they keep that offensive line, they're going to need some upgrades because Jack Conklin probably gone the right tackle. Uh, the set, Browns are right now in their uh, fourth string center. Uh, Nick Froholt uh, or Nate or something. Froholt is from Finland or Somewhere. He's from, I believe, Norway? It is Denmark or Iceland. He was a Patriots draft pick. Fun fact. Ah, yes. okay. I, think I know all about Froholt. I know exactly all about him. Guy's a gamer. I'll tell you. Look, that dude took on Vita Vea and stood his ground. Yep. So, you know, I, I think he's done a great job. But, yeah, Nick Chubb, he's he's right there. I, I think it'll be very interesting, too, when we uh, look ahead to next year. Where does Tua go? I, you know? I, with the quarterback rankings, I still think – I think Herbs is going to be a guy that you a lot of people buy high on, but I would say proceed with caution just because we don't know what Philly's going to be next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you have your before Tua. I would still say Allen Mahomes, and then I think he goes in that you know that Burrow Herbert like Kyler Murray, even Kirk Cousins to a degree. Um, another one too is. Uh, where does Jamal Williams fit in next year too in fantasy? Guys like him, Tony Pollard, guys who yeah can get you double digits as those late round picks. Even hell, a guy like uh, Brees Hall this year who really came on and unfortunately had the ACL ACL tear in August and um, October. Excuse me, it's been it's been a while since you and I spoke. That's why I'm yeah. a little off. But there's a lot of these guys next year for when it comes to quarterbacks and running backs that are going to go in places. But my big question for next year too is. How does the receiver market look for fantasy football, or even the tight end market? Which the tight because the tight end market this year, unless you have like Kelsey oh, or gross. Kittle, has been a real disappointment this year. It's really gross. And it, just one more point on the quarterbacks. I man, you know, Geno Smith's getting overdrafted. Like, nice story. I yeah. like the journey, fun, but man, that just has uh, regression splattered all over it, doesn't it? Like, come it, on. It's the same thing. Like I'm not like I'm not like with Hertz. I'm not saying the same thing with Philly. I just think a lot of people are gonna go in on those Philly guys, thinking that you know what, hey, they can run it back. They're gonna be no problem. But I completely agree with you on there. I also think too that there's certain guys that you know that you sell like just wait for the guys you sell low on. Like the mm-hmm. who's a prime example. With the tight end market, the only one that comes to mind for when it came to consistency a bit was Pat Firemuth, the guy that's kind of in that you know, those like later rounds. Like that's the one thing I focused on with you a lot when you were on here in August was those late round guys. And that switches into the disappointments because there's a lot of fantasy disappointments. And I have a bit of a hot take for you on one. Okay. Derek Henry. Okay. He hasn't been exact. He's had his moments, but I've been seeing a lot of people say he's only good in divisional games and that he hasn't really had those, like, you know, those consistent monster games like you've seen from, Josh Jacobs. Saquon Barkley is another guy I would say is back to form. Zeke Elliott in a way too. So that's a take for me. And the other one, it's personal because I know you heard me vouch for him a lot, is Allen Robinson, but I don't blame Robinson for that at all. Well, and he's injured and now, you know, Baker might be playing tonight. It's it's a disaster. This year, boy, Super Bowl hangover to the next level when it comes to the Rams. But on the tight end, so look at this. So Pat, for your move, right now, depending on your format, but PPR, Fourth best fantasy tight end. Okay. Yeah. Now on the surface, wow, that's 
he must be doing amazing. Incorrect. Uh, overall in fantasy for tight ends, yes. Pat Fearmouth this year. I'm looking here. One, two, three, four, five, six single digit uh, fantasy point games. Six, including one zero. He has not eclipsed 16 fantasy points, and he's the fourth best guy. That, people, is why it is super thin at tight end. Dallas Goddard hasn't played since week 10, and he is still the sixth best tight end. It's terrible. I think for next year, if you're not in that Travis Kelsey standpoint, Andrews is sort of still in that floater. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, uh, I love them in Detroit. I love them more in Minnesota. Boy, was that a great move by the Vikings. And uh, TJ Hawkinson but would be, if I'm doing my rankings right now, everything as is, I'd put TJ Hawkinson number two under Kelsey next year. I really like that take. I really do. Um, another guy I like for tight ends, he's uh, like a sell low by high kind of guy, is potentially Dalton Schultz as well. I know he doesn't get a whole lot of touchdowns, but he does get a whole lot of touches of the football. So just another guy to keep in mind like as well. Uh, yeah. Noah Fant as well, a guy who when Denver made that trade with Seattle, I said Denver should not have given up Fant that easily because they're going to need him. And look, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I guess sure. I was kind of right on that one. Well, they need a lot. And here's another riser for next year. And when you look at the end of year rankings, he's not going to jump out to you. But the savvy fantasy player, Brent, looks at Cole Komet and Justin Fields and the chemistry those two guys have when uh, Fields and Komet have played since, starting from week nine. The first two weeks, four total touchdowns, two in each game, 22 or more fantasy points. Then Fields had the shoulder out of the lineup, back to single digits. Cole Komet done nothing. Last week, six catches, 72 yards, back to double digit in the teens fantasy points. Cole Komet, based on how bad tight ends too, yeah, Cole Komet I think is a, if healthy, with Fields, uh, th that, that dude's a locked in top four for me, uh, four or five. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with the, the take like that. I like that a lot. And also, too, if you grab them, you can easily name your fantasy team. How I commit your mother. So it's just little ha! things like that. Oh, I like. Oh, I'm gonna yeah, that. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it before a couple of I like times. It. I like um, it. Another tight end. I know um, you actually got me on the whole thing with rookies in certain tight end situations. But I'm gonna put you on one right now because if he goes into the right situation, I think he mm. can get there quickly and be a good player for fantasy. But that's Michael Mayer. He's the current tight end at Notre Dame. Just declared for the draft. So that's a name to keep mm. out for for 2023 when it comes to fantasy football if you're wondering why are we doing this andy tweeted out the gif of nick kroll earlier today that says it all that fantasy <laughs> football is a religion i do fantasy yes. hockey too i do sports gambling which i'm down horribly right now but good bounce back you're good do for a bounce back exactly everyone's due for a bounce back but that's the thing you always have to pay attention to fantasy football it's that app you can you you tinker with your roster seven days a week i don't make absolutely i make i make um no matter what league, I make her make a, a waiver wire move at least one every week. Uh, even if it's for depth or stash or just guys, I try to get you know you try to get better at the bottom just in case. Add some depth here or there. You have to paying attention is half the battle, and it's exactly. not as hard for fantasy, for fantasy baseball. Find especially like Griff, I've I've won fantasy baseball championships or at least got deep in the playoffs simply a large part by paying attention because people forget over the summer or they go on vacation. You pay attention. Pay attention, yes. and it helped. David and Joku went healthy. That's another guy, of course, you keep an eye on for uh, for fantasy next year and for the rest of this year too. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then just switching gears quickly to our fantasy league that we're in. I'm just going to say this right yes. now, Andy. You have the first playoff spot, and then Ramey is in second. I'm in third, and then Danny is in fourth. So we're all battling it out because the razor thinness between 
third and sixth is one game. I'm eight Ooh. and five. Then you have three teams at seven and six, and then Ramey is sitting at nine and four. So we'll have to see what happens this week, but it's shaping up to be a very good road to the fantasy football championships for the first ever YWC football talk fantasy football league. Um, switching gears quickly here for this weekend in particular. Look, since it's about best bets and everything like that, we're going to go over uh, some best bets. But before we do that, before we do that, folks, a quick word on Ring of Honor. Andy, take it away. Yes, final battle this Saturday. Absolutely. What a, what a throw. Professional broadcaster grip, brother. Love it. Uh, this, is, this is a stat card, and the reason we're bringing it up is because old Uncle Andy here has got a free pay-per-view if you are outside the United States. So if you're in Canada listening and watching this show, you can win the free pay-per-view from our friends at Fight TV, and it's very easy to do. All you got to do is you go to my Twitter at AndyMC81 or Instagram at AndyMCSports. And you just look for the, you'll see a big old Samoa Joe picture on there. It's a contest or giveaway or something at the top. All you got to do is follow me, follow at Fight TV, and reply with the match that you're looking forward to most on this loaded final battle Ring of Honor paper. You got Chris Jericho, the Ocho, facing Claudio in Ring of Honor. That, that right there is good enough. But then you got Samoa Joe facing Juice Robinson. You got FTRs in the house. You have Daniel Garcia versus Wheeler Yuta for the Pure Championship. Like, this is going to be an absolutely sensational deal. At 4 p.m. on a Saturday, too. You get a little, uh, you know, you don't have to stay up late till you don't have to have the midnight one. So you chill out, no football, and enjoy the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. But to enter to win it for free, and I have the link, too. Even if you don't win, you can click on it yep. and just buy it right there. But you just go again, at AndyMCD1 on Twitter, at AndyMCSports. Look at the instructions. Follow me. Follow Fight TV. Boom. Off we go. And hopefully uh, one of you guys, one of the listeners win. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. This weekend is loaded for sports, folks. You have NBA. You have NHL. You have college on. You have the Army-Navy game. You have Ring of Honor. You have UFC. And you got the World Cup. I can't name a better time of the year. But on to our best bets for Week 14. I'm going to come out of the gate with one. I don't know how he's going to feel about it. But I love your Cleveland Browns at plus five and a half on the road. I just, I love it. I just look at that number and I'm like, I see Cincinnati coming off of a tough game against the Chiefs. You know, it was a hard fought battle, just scraped by with the win. And you have a Browns team that some people think, hey, they look a little vulnerable. They looked a little rusty. I think this is a game where the Browns can really surprise a lot of people. Man, I hope you are right. Believe me, I, I am putting all that energy you have out there. I want that to be correct. Uh, I, I think it makes there, – there's certainly a path to it. Now, here's some interesting numbers and, and facts for you guys to go along with backing that. Is Joe Burrow's never defeated the Cleveland Browns. Kevin Stefanski and this uh, Browns regime 4-0 versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow has said that Miles Garrett's in his head. They said, well, what, why are the Browns? He said, no other team has Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett lives rent-free in Joe Burrow's head. So he has to have a big game quick, especially near the beginning of the ballgame. Last time when they played on Halloween, Bengals were rolling, Browns were floundering, and Miles Garrett with a tip pass, and it got intercepted right away. Get into Burrow's head. The offensive line for the Bengals has improved. They're using the running game more. Deshaun Watson, we don't know what to expect performance-wise because they – Last week, I'll tell you, that, that was pretty ugly. And Nick Chubb, though, every game of his career, he's played the Bengals. He's gone for over 100 yards. So I hope the Browns strategically stick with what works. Don't put too much on Watson and just hopefully does a little better. Because, Griff, that makes things a lot more interesting 
if the Browns do win because they're six and seven. Then if the Steelers can beat a Lamar Jackson less Ravens team, uh, that AFC North starts getting a lot more crowded. I will say this about that game. I like the under of 36 and a half for the Ravens and the Steelers game, but I do agree with you on all your takes there about your game. I think we could expect a big Nick Chubb day. Also, fun fact about a player this week, if you are, let's say you're snake bitten by the bye, because let's be honest, even though it was the last weekend of buys, there's a lot of teams on buys. You want someone that's going to get a touchdown, you heard it here first, go get Boston Scott. Available in, he is only owned in 1% of Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. Why do I say that? Because the Philadelphia Eagles play the New York Giants, and every time those two teams meet, Boston Scott is good for a touchdown. Huh. Go look at his numbers. I'm not exaggerating this. Every time that Boston Scott is on the field against the Giants, he finds the end zone. I'm not making this up. Huh. And also, too, it's just something I just thought of now. So I just did a quick little waiver wire pickup in one of our other – in one of the other leagues that I'm in. And I'm quickly going to log on to my FanDuel app just because obviously Fred's not available in Canada yet. And I want to get you guys the number for what it would cost for him for any time. Oh, I was just going to ask if you had the anytime touchdown on Boston Scott. I don't yet. No, not FanDuel doesn't have it yet. But the spread, that's another spread that I like, though. I like the Giants at plus seven. Why? Because I've learned a secret when it comes to betting. Whenever you have an NFL game of a divisional favorite that's a huge favorite, fade them. I like both New York teams to cover their spreads. I don't know if I like them both to win, but I like the Jets and Giants both to cover their big spreads against the Bills and the Eagles this weekend. It could be the Jets and the Giants both, I think, are starting to come back down to earth some from that start in the record. But that doesn't mean they're going to be an easy out. They're both very well coached. The teams both believe. Um, I'm with you. I don't think they'll they'll win, but it would not surprise me if they cover that game. Um, I think, too, your Patriots Cardinals Monday night. If I'm looking at that, um, you know what? James Connors, a nice play. Uh, he's, he's been coming on running back for the Cardinals, but the 43 and a half with in Arizona. I don't know, man, with how inconsistent Kyler's been, I'm kind of feeling the under on that. I kind of feel like a suffocation of the Patriots coming. They got the pillow in hand and, and to go after the Cardinals uh, on that. I, I think they, they just, this Cardinals team is not good. They're just not. They were expected to be good, and they're not. So I'm feeling kind of the under there. And, yeah, the road road favorite Patriots, I kind of dig it. I, I, I've always liked them to win because I've said this for weeks, but I love for them to lose in Vegas just because it's a revenge game. And plus, too, they're going to be spending the week out in Arizona. Mm. After the game, they're not going home. They're going to spend the week out there. And usually when you have that happen, usually lose the next one. It happened earlier this year when San Francisco went out to play um, – they played Carolina, and then they played Atlanta the next week, and then they lost in Atlanta. And that's another under that I like. I like San Francisco, Tampa, under 37 and a half. And I'll give you three reasons why. I don't expect Brock Purdy to have a good day. And all right, uh, that's the thing with Brock Purdy. I'm not saying I'm not expecting him to have a good day in the sense of you know turnovers and stuff like that. I just don't see him getting a lot done. And as for the GOAT, look, I love the guy. You, you can't fade that San Francisco defense. It's that weak Tampa no. offensive line. It's it could be one of those games where it could be a very long day for Tom. So if I'm looking at two plays for that game, I love San Francisco to cover the three and a half, and I love the under of 37 and a half. I can easily see like a, a 13 to like six kind of football game. It just and especially too considering Brady had the game of his life on Monday night, one of many, to say the least. To make the comeback, yeah. And I would check whatever the 
Uh, prop play is on the passing yards for Brock Purdy and pretty much take the under because here's the thing. Unlike if you go to any backup quarterback that you could, you could say that, but what we know about the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, they can get with their proper starting quarterback, have a guy throw for under a hundred yards or just barely that, or throw it eight times like Jimmy Garoppolo. They have that formula built in on how to succeed and thrive with not having to rely on a lot of passes and and sometimes as few as yes, single digits. So that's another reason why I, I like the under on that as well. And yeah, whatever that Brock Purdy uh, passing yard line is, I think we're going to see a heavy dose of Debo Samuel creative, you know, remember too, backfield receiver last year, he was everything. Now you have Christian McCaffrey, you can dink and dunk a little bit to Kittle and Ayuk. Um, I, I think that's, that's the way that game goes. Two props here that I see that I love is t- Christian McCaffrey total rushing plus receiving yards is at over 96 and a half right now. Okay. And the other one for Brock Purdy, uh, they don't have his total yards, but here's the one that I love. Brock Purdy under 29 and a half, 29 and a half pass attempts. That's what minus 115 at the score bet. Oh, I like that. I would yes. take that right now. Um, yeah. Another one I want to ask you about is do we buy the Lions as a two point favorite against the Vikings or is mm. everyone kind of because bu- here's how I look at it. The Lions last week, go out there and just wipe the floor with the Jags. So everyone's yeah. kind of like, you know, and then how the Vikings had two close games with the Patriots and the Jets, and they're still finding their feet from when they got their butts kicked by the Cowboys. I think that's a very trap spread where everyone's going to think, you know, Detroit's going to come in, they're going to take care of business. But then I think that's a game where the Lions come back to earth. That That's a pretty ballsy line by Vegas uh, to have the Lions as a favorite over a 10-2 and two team. <laughs> now they might be, not the realest ten and two team with the Vikings, but the Lions a favorite. Woof. You know, interdivision game like that's that's a bit that's a bit spicy. Yeah, I, I would be definitely like I'd be looking what what's the money line for the Vikings to win? I'd be looking at that, and then maybe even it's probably minus one ten or something unexciting to uh, to cover the two. But, I have two actually. The one I was going to say to you as well: Boston Scott is plus five hundred for a touchdown. Let's go! I'm in on that, man. You sold me. I'm doing yep. Boston Scott plus five hundred anytime touchdown. Let's go! The Vikings are plus one ten. That's another thing I'll say. I love that over. Of, if I have to look at two overs for the week, I love them over fifty one and a half in that game. And give me the Sunday night over of fifty two and a half with the Chargers and the Dolphins. Yeah, that could. And you know what? It look Mike Williams is practicing. Good news for Chargers and for you know fantasy teams too if he plays. Gives them a little punch, and the Dolphins, yeah, like this is this is crunch time. This is another um, certainly not unbeatable opponent, but quality opponent. So Dolphins have to go on the road and take care of business because that AFC East, it's not getting any any looser like that. That's going to be a race to the finish. Exactly, that's the way I look at it, and the, and also too, that game is going to have the hottest takes coming out of it if either quarterback screws it up for their team, where it's going to be you know, oh, they should have gone Herbert over Burrow, or they were like Herbert over Tua, or Tua should have gone before Herbert. Yeah. You know, it's going to be one of those like where it's just crazy. And for everyone right now out there, Justin Herbert is a good quarterback. He's a top ten quarterback in the league, so I don't like it when people say like, oh, one player is, one player isn't. So I'm just like. Herbert's really good. He's Herbert, really and he's going to be really good. He's he's Josh Allen light right now. He's got the arm. He's got the speed. He's got the size. He just hasn't put it all together. Um, certainly not anywhere near his fault. The injuries in LA and the uh, questionable coaching uh, have just been rampant. So I think Justin Herbert eventually is going to be just fine. Hopefully get some more help. I think you get, if you're the Chargers, 
I'm not saying you get rid of Keenan Allen, but you got to bring in a vibe. Yeah. You, you, you cannot count on this guy. You just can't anymore. But you know who I can count on? And Brampton and Ontario zone, Josh Palmer has looked really yes. good this year. Absolutely. The, look, he's for, for being able to get him likely off of waivers. Yes. Um, you know, I have a couple of my leagues either on the bench and play him from time to time. The guy's giving you decent number. He's not blowing the roof. I mean, he had the one great game against Kansas City where he got almost 27 fantasy points, 106 yards, and another 100-plus yard game in Atlanta. Um, so he's giving you a couple stud performances, but he's kept you in those low double-digit fantasy points where if you're looking for somebody who, oh, no, I need to put somebody in in a flex, to me, Griff, if you get double-digit fantasy points out of a waiver wire pickup, it's a success. You count that as a success because you probably weren't going to get that from anybody else. You, you 100% count as a success. You look at one of those things where it's just like, you know what, hey, you hit on it. Um, before we go, I have a couple questions for you about spreads for this weekend. Which one do you trust more to cover? Dallas at minus 17 or the Kansas City Chiefs at minus 9.5 against the Broncos? Oh, boy. That 17 is just so high. <laughs> like, That's college numbers. That's college. It's college numbers. You're right. But part of me is thinking like, well, it makes sense. I, I you know, oh, it, I would say Chiefs are more likely to cover than that line. But man, having just seen the Texans, dude, these guys are bad. They're going back to Davis Mills. They are really bad. They have no fight in them. Oh, you know what? I might be talking myself into the Cowboys here. Yeah. 17. That's so high. Uh, you know, I'll say, I'll say the Chiefs. I will, I'll say the Chiefs, but I won't be surprised. Texans, like the worst. Here's my thing too with the Chiefs. I think you get Mahomes going into Denver, a little pissed off, and I also mm-hmm. think two people might take Denver because of what they did last week to the Ravens. But then this week, it's like, no, 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 no. You play Tyler Huntley. You're playing Patrick Mahomes now. Different. Meanwhile, with Dallas. I would take that in a teaser, kind of like with the Bills spread. I would take the Bills at like the Bills are minus 10 right now. I take the Bills at like minus three, for example, to cover that spread. If the Bills go out there and do it, sure, all the power to them. I'm just saying I don't trust the Bills at minus 10, considering to last time, hey, the, the Jets did beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. And division game, right? Like yeah. that, the, the, the division games, you got to be real careful of those double digits because we see quite often weird stuff and these teams play each other really close. 100%. That's the thing. Divisional games is just too iffy. That's why anything too like with Dallas, I would take them at like minus 10, for example. I can trust them to win by that. If the, I, for all, because I feel like this game, it's either going to be weirdly close and Dallas is a bad day, or we see what we saw on Sunday night against the Colts. Um, yeah. Before we get you out of here tonight, do we trust the Raiders at minus six and a half? Oh, oh how many times have we been burned by the Raiders? You know what? I don't at six and a half. I don't. Um, yeah. Even with all the injuries, it's, it, the Rams are in horrible shape, horrible shape. I don't want, I honestly, outside of, I think Cam Akers actually could be a nice play today, fantasy wise. Um, but outside of that, I don't want anything to do with the Rams, but the Raiders just shoot themselves in the foot all the time. Like I, I, I'm not scared of the Raiders. That six and a half is a bit too, too much. I think I would take the Rams, whether it's Baker Mayfield or somebody, Baker Mayfield on two days joining the team or whoever the heck they get in there. Um, I don't see the Raiders running away with that. They haven't earned that type of line. I think it's one of those things, too, where everyone kind of viewed last – even last week, too. Uh, well, that was a Vegas steal last week. And it was minus four and a half for the Seahawks, and the Rams won by – the Rams lost by four. 
Um, but with this game right here, yeah, I the Raiders and Derek Carr has not shown me enough to get that six and a half. I do like Devontae Adams to score tonight, don't get sure. me wrong, but that's why I did a parlay tonight. As you, uh, you'll see it if you watch my videos, which I was posting as I was getting you on here. I took the Raiders at minus one and a half with an Adams touchdown at plus one fifteen on mm. FanDuel because that's basically me saying, well, because the odds for the rate if I took Raiders money line, it was like minus three hundred, which I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. So I took the minus one and a half, basically saying I think they're going to win by two, and I trust Adams to get into the end zone just because of all the injuries. Um, but ultimately, to this game. I look at 41 and a half. I don't, I think it's just, this is another Thursday night, like snooze fest. Cause that's yeah. one thing that's been disappointing on. But the next week we get Brock Purdy and Geno Smith and what could be a division winning game. <laughs> right. Brock Purdy and Geno Smith. Who, who had that on their bingo cards at the start of the season? <laughs> yes. And, and I know Baker's your guy, but I, bake. I know what well, the thing I was going to say with the 49ers not getting him though, basically shows that, Hey, that pretty much shows how they trust their defense because but the the 2022 49ers remind me a lot of the 2015 Broncos where their defense can go out there and get it done and the mm -hmm. offense just has to be competent. Yeah, and Brock Purdy and that how that offense is structured like we talked about is is built to do that. Yeah. You don't have to have Brock Purdy, you don't have to rely on Brock Purdy throwing the ball 50 times and throwing it downfield. Assuming that the defense does carry its end and the running game and those short extended run plays those short passes work. Now, if you get down by a couple scores, you're done because Brock Purdy's not bringing you back. That's the only trouble when you go with that type of style or offense where you don't want to throw the ball. You're probably not coming back if you get down by two scores. Yeah, that's the thing. So that's the thing where if their defense has a bad day, it's not. That's why like this Sunday, for example, I love 49ers minus three and a half because I trust that defense to make Tom Brady frustrated because when you frustrate him in the pocket – you're good. And I also too trust Tom. I also trust the 49ers to not play scared football. Like what we saw with the saints on Monday night yeah. where they basically were playing, you know, very conservative play calling. No, I trust Kyle Shanahan to be better than that. And I trust. And also here's a, I don't know if you can bet it. If there's an over for sacks, take it for Nick Bosa. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to feast. Dud. He's just yeah. got to stay healthy, man. He, just yeah. gotta stay, he stays healthy. That guy's whew, hard to stop. That's that's it. That you nailed it on the head, folks. Next week's going to be episode two hundred. Turn in Ooh. next week when we get there. It's a milestone. I got two big guests lined up for it. You're not going to want to miss it. You haven't seen these two together in a very long time, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And their teams are rivals. That's all I'm going to say. And their team happens to play next. Their teams happen to play each other next week. That's all I'm going to say mm. for that. Andy, it's been a blast as always. We we'll have to do this again sooner than later. And I get to rant to you about my – I didn't get to go on a full rant of how all three <laughs> fantasy guys were – all two of them are hurt, and one of them has been kind of mad, and that's David Montgomery, even though he's kind of turning on around right. a little bit lately. But episode number 198 is in the books. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. Go out there and enjoy week 14 because, folks, before you know it, this is all just going to be us brainstorming ideas for next <laughs> football season. Yeah, I know. Week, yeah, it's 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 – it's a thought we don't want to cross, but you got to start thinking about it in your head that we only have this much football left. So even if it is a crappy Thursday nighter, enjoy the game.
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.